Hey Podcast Babe, welcome to season 7 of the Podcast Babes podcast. Get ready for inspiring interviews with female podcasters every Monday and a bite-sized podcast hack episode every Wednesday. If you want to learn more about podcast monetization or if you're ready to outsource podcast management, be sure to check out our website, thepodcastvades.com. You can find everything there from our current pricing packages, more information about the podcast base, previous episodes. It's all there. Okay, so now let's go into today's episode. Hello, Podcast Babes. Welcome to a new episode, a new interview episode of the Podcast Babes podcast. Today, I'm here with Tara Reed, and she has been a multi-passionate entrepreneur for over 16 years. She has built multiple successful six-figure businesses. Currently, she is a business and marketing coach, and she primarily helps introverted entrepreneurs learn how to build more fun, more scalable, and more authentic businesses. Super, super interesting. She's also the host of the annual Introvertpreneur Virtual Summit and the Introvertpreneur Podcast. So she is a podcaster, of course, we'll be talking about podcasting and especially podcasting introverts in this episode. And I'm very excited because I'm an introvert myself. So I'm really, really excited to have you here today, Tara. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So you help introvert entrepreneurs or introvertpreneurs. Can you tell us more about what you do exactly? What, what do you help them with? So I help them with a lot of things. I think it in the broad term, I'm focused on organic marketing. So content creation, SEO, basically anything to help introverts bring people to you instead of having to go out and hustle for your next client or customer. Because for most of us, being on social media constantly is very draining. So I primarily focus on helping them find other ways to grow their business that aren't as stressful. Yeah, exactly. So I saw that on Instagram, I was just doing my research and I saw that you had a post that you are not on social media or not on Instagram, at least that you're not on Instagram at the moment, that you're taking time off Instagram, maybe forever, maybe for a while. Can you talk more about that? Like why you made that decision? Yeah. So Instagram, I've always said I have a love-hate relationship with Instagram in particular. Sometimes I love it and I'm on there consistently and engaging and building relationships. And I always love creating content, but it got to the point where I realized I haven't really been on the platform much since January. I've had content created and it's been scheduled and still going out. So people still think I'm on there, but I'm not. So I started to get a lot of messages that I didn't actually see because I wasn't going into the app from weeks ago. So I decided, okay, once all this content is done, I'm not creating anymore. I need to post an official goodbye and finally let it go because it is really energy draining for me sometimes. And this year, I feel like I'm kind of going back to what I primarily teach and what I focus on, which is mainly blogging, email marketing, and Pinterest. Yes. So I heard you say love-hate relationship with Instagram, and I feel exactly the same, but I think so many people feel that way. But the question that comes up all the time is that, can you run a business without being present on social media? Yeah, absolutely. If you focus on organic traffic, if you focus on building your email list, which is 
something that you own, not a social media platform that can be, you know, you can be disabled at any time. <laughs> and I've seen it happen. People grow to a hundred thousand followers and then lose their account and they hadn't been building their email list in the meantime. So I think prioritizing different methods is can definitely work. It's what I've primarily been focusing on and what most of my traffic, most of my clients, most of my customers come through. So I realized like I really dove into the numbers too. And the amount of time that I was spending on Instagram for the results, it wasn't actually a very good return on my time investment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So then the other methods that you mentioned, Pinterest, blogging, email list, that makes more sense than looking at the numbers. And what about podcasting? Yeah, so podcasting, for me, I kind of call it my visibility method instead of marketing because it is a organic marketing method, but it feels more like a visibility method. Like I'm putting myself and my content out there, but I'm not like in the Instagram DMs trying to hustle and engaging constantly. It's more about making the space and time for me to share my voice and my message as I can in terms of my energy. Is that also why you started a podcast? Let's go back to when you started a podcast. How was that? Why did you decide to start a podcast? And then also, how was it as an introvert to take that step? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> so I actually had the idea to start a podcast for about two years before I finally did it because I had a lot of mindset obstacles that I had to overcome in order to actually get to the point where I was going to launch it and create it and put it out there to the world. I thought that people wouldn't listen. They would not enjoy my voice because I'm not very bubbly and energetic like some extroverts are. And so I didn't know how it was going to resonate. I was like, oh, what if I get a bad review? What if nobody listens? So I had a lot of mindset stuff that I had to work through before I launched it. And it was about two years between maybe I should launch a podcast and then actually doing it. But my main idea for it was I don't like doing video, especially live video. So a podcast is really a great way to get your voice out there without having to show up on video or show up live all the time and on social media stories and reels and all of that stuff. So I think it's perfect for introverts if you really want to get your message out there, but you don't really enjoy live videos. And I also love podcasting because you can batch it. I'm a big content creator and I love batching whenever I can. So podcasting works perfectly for that. I totally agree. For me, it's also in my own experience, it's also great that you just create the content and you can like you're visible, but you don't have to show up every time because the content is there. It's done. It's scheduled. It goes out and then you can just sit back, relax and do other things. If you don't feel like creating content, if you don't feel like hopping on the mic and sharing things, you don't have to like if you I know a lot of podcasters, they also they release weekly and they also record weekly. So then you have to show up. But the way you do it, I do it also like we batch record episodes. So I also, I record well ahead of when the episode goes live. And I love that because it feels like it gives me so much freedom, right? Like mm -hmm. I can just pick and choose when I want to show up and when I don't want to show up. And for my audience, it's the same. Like I'm there every week for them. But for me, I can pick and choose. 
Yes, I love that. Especially if you're an introvert and you really have to manage your energy. Like if I was having to do a weekly podcast recording, like that would just be, I wouldn't probably be able to do that consistently. So batching is essential for me. Yeah, exactly. So in those two years of overcoming these mindset hurdles, what did you do exactly to overcome those? It was a lot of work. And I think one of the biggest things that helped was actually really listening to my audience. Like I started to get feedback or like clients would message me and be like, oh, you like, I would love to hear more about this. Or, and I was like, I can't create more master classes and more courses on everything. And yeah, I could write a blog post, but like they're telling me they want a podcast <laughs> without actually coming out and saying, you should start a podcast. They're telling me they want more from me. So that was really the driver and helper for me to get over those mindset obstacles. And then I was still nervous. Like when we launched, we put out the first four episodes and listening back, they were pretty bad. You could tell I was not confident at all. And so, but after those first few episodes, like you start to get reviews and feedback, like we had a launch team. We had about eight people, I think, in that have been in my world for a bit and have purchased other things for me and they know who I am. And they actually got early access to listen to the four episodes, give us feedback and getting that, I think really helped boost my confidence moving forward with the podcast too. Cool. Yeah. So how did you go about getting that launch team together? Did you just reach out to these people and ask like, Hey, this is my plan. I want to launch it. Do you want early access and like in exchange for feedback or and did they then also share the episodes once it was launched, like share the podcast? How was that? I think a few of them did share. We said that it's not like required, but they could. And we gave them graphics and swipe copy and all of that. But yeah, they were excited to get early access and listen to the four episodes before anyone else. So we just reached out, I think, to a small portion of my email list. So people who have bought certain courses or programs that or were in my membership for a while, we just reached out and asked if, you know, you'd be interested in giving us your feedback, if you were able to listen to these first four episodes anytime in the next couple of weeks. And yeah, it was actually, we built it like a little mini launch team. It was kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like so smart also. I mean, just collaborating with different people is, I think is always smart when you're launching something, especially a podcast and sharing that excitement with everyone and then they can also share it with their audience I mean that sounds just like a win-win for everyone so I think that is a great strategy that we can take away from this episode from you is that that is great like if you can do that with also a new season if you already have a podcast but you want to launch you want to make a bigger launch for the next season you can also try this I think and mm -hmm. it sounds like a lot of fun especially yeah and you get some really good feedback like we got a lot of because these are the people that I was, these are the ideal audience of the podcast. And these are the people who I'm creating the podcast for. So getting their feedback when one question we asked was, is there anything you'd really love covered? So we got a good list of topic ideas for upcoming episodes too, which was so valuable. Yeah, absolutely. You give them literally what they want. That sounds good. So you are now more than, I think more than 50 episodes into your podcast, even 55 what did you learn in the past weeks and months of creating content? Is there anything that you changed or any new insights that you got from doing this for a while now? I think the biggest, so I actually just 
published a blog post about the seven things I've learned in the first year. Oh, cool. We can link that in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> so I think the biggest surprise to me was actually like interviewing guests. That was something that was also a mindset hurdle I had to overcome. Like I'm great with one-on-one conversations, but being an interviewer, it, that was a totally different ball game. I've never done that before. So the first few, it was more of a learning experience, but I think the really surprising thing that I didn't expect going into and starting a podcast was the relationships that you build with your guests. Like I now have, like I've had guests reach out about opportunities or collaborations later on or referred clients to me. And I've done the same, like it's really amazing. And that's something that I didn't really think about. I was just like, oh, I'm going to have this person on. They're going to share all their expertise to my audience and they're going to get traffic and people signing up for their freebie or whatever it is. And I didn't really think about the benefits to me of building these connections, which is huge. Yeah, that's the networking opportunity that mm-hmm. podcasting brings. Absolutely. I totally agree. That was also something I learned that I didn't really expect. Like, oh, all of a sudden, you know, all these people. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also, I feel like as an introvert, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of networking events or things like that. You know, it's always very scary. And like meeting people one on one in these interviews, for me, it works really well. And I'm sure for other introverts, it's also a cool hack. Like Mm -hmm. you start a podcast, ask guests on your show, and all of a sudden you have, like after a few episodes, you have quite a big network without ever going to network events or having to have like group conversations or things like that. You can just one-on-one connect with everyone, which actually is pretty cool. So Tara, you already mentioned your favorite marketing methods for introverts. Can we talk more about what you mentioned, blogging, Pinterest, email marketing, and also podcasting and how that all works together for your business. Like how, what is a good way to use this to market your business? So blogging is definitely my number one. So I call it like my primary method or primary content source. I love blogging because I've been learning and teaching SEO for about 20 years. Like I just got into it as a teenager, like learning, being self-taught and finding keywords and all of that stuff. I just love that. So I think blogging really works well as the primary method for organic traffic, for getting people from search engines who are actively searching for what you're creating or what you're offering or what you do. And then also because blogging is the perfect method to repurpose into other channels, lead into other channels. Like within my blog post, I always have lead magnets and freebies to get people on my email list. And that's really where I nurture them and have a lot of evergreen funnels set up that lead into my offers and my products and I can give more value. And then Pinterest also perfect for blogging because really I'm just creating the blog content and then sharing it over to Pinterest and driving even more organic traffic. That's really cool. So do you also create blog posts from the podcast episodes or is it like pretty separate content? I do now. So I used to have the podcast on a separate domain. It used to be on introvertpreneur.com and I recently kind of combined it into my main website. So now they are all they are listed within my blog posts as well, just in the podcast category. So I have a full, pretty lengthy blog post for each podcast episode. And then sometimes I'll even take the initial 
podcast episode blog and I'll repurpose it into a new one as well. That just takes it a little bit of a different spin on it. Mm, interesting. I mean, I'm all about content repurposing and making your content valuable for different people who like to consume content in different ways, right? So mm-hmm. with a blog, you have people who like to read with podcasts. You have people who like to consume audio. You can do video if you want. I mean, I don't do video. You also don't do <laughs> video, but you can if you want, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it is an option. You can use it for social media, of course, if you don't want to spend too much time there, which we also already cover, like, especially as introverts, it can take a lot of energy to spend a lot of time on social media. So it's quite easy to just pull these quotes, pull these audiograms, you know, different things for to promote your episodes, but also just as separate content, which I think is just super, super smart. So we also, we always create blog posts for every episode for our own podcast, but also for clients because of SEO. I mean, it's just difficult to find podcasts in podcast apps. So what you have is Google, of course, as always, and you just need written content for Google to make sure that they know what your podcast episode is about. So in your experience, knowing so much about SEO, what are some of the tips that you can give podcasters who also want to be mindful of SEO and who also want to make their podcast content more searchable? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing with SEO that a lot of people kind of glaze over and it's really the most important thing. And I know most people skip it a little bit because it takes so much time, but that's keyword research. You can't really optimize unless you take the time to do the keyword research. So there's lots of free tools. There's more expensive tools. Like look at what keywords your competitors are ranking for. That can even give you content ideas for new keywords to create content for or podcast episodes and blog posts to rank for. And really what you want to look at is how much search volume a keyword has and how difficult it's going to be to rank for. Because if you have a fairly newer or site that has a lower DA, which is domain authority, it's you're not going to be able to compete for a keyword that has super high competition. So the sweet spot is ones that still have a good amount of search volume, but lower mid to lower competition. Mm -hmm. And what tool do you use for keyword research? I usually use SEMrush and it's like $100 a month. So it's, well, I always, I love it. It's definitely the best. One thing I've done in the past is I've just paid for it for a month done a ton of competitor research, a ton of keyword research, and then just exported my list. (laughs) And then you don't have to pay monthly if that's out of your budget. But there's also Keywords Everywhere, which is a Chrome extension. And I think I paid like $10 for 100,000 credits, which I'm only down to 80,000 and I do a lot of searches. (laughs) So that could be a really great option too, if you're just looking for keyword research. And you can also, if you go to a competitor's website, you can just click the extension for keywords everywhere and it'll show you what keywords they're ranking for too. Oh, that's a really good tip. I will definitely be using that. And we'll also make sure to add these tools to the show notes so that you can click the links there and check them out. Because that's what I'm sometimes stuck on. Like, okay, I want to do keyword research, but how? Like you can use Google, of course, to see what's what's there what's already there and to see how much like how other people are doing but okay I'm definitely going to be using this yeah cool great tips I think and do you also use this for Pinterest or do you use different keyword research for Pinterest 
For Pinterest, I try to use Pinterest itself because Pinterest is its own search engine. The way people search, it might be a little different and how competitive things are finding keywords. So I always love using either the search bar on Pinterest, or if you go into Pinterest and set up an ad account, you don't have to create an ad or promote a pin, but if you create an ad account, once you go through like pretending you're setting up an ad, there's a ad keywords tool within that where you can get data of like how many searches for each keyword. It'll give you other ideas for keywords with the number of searches. So that can give you really valuable information too on specific keywords to use in your Pinterest account or in your pin descriptions. That's really cool that they have that, that you can just use that within Pinterest. That's really cool. So far, we talked about just overall marketing for our businesses. What is your favorite marketing strategy to market your podcast? Or would you say that's the same? I would say it's definitely SEO and organic. I think, yeah, I would say definitely organic. <laughs> that's where most of my my new subscribers and listeners come from. And it's it's definitely the top way that I get people to my website. Direct traffic from search is first and Pinterest is second. So those two are are definitely the main focus. And then of course, once I get people on my email list, I send out a new podcast email every Thursday when a new episode is released. Okay. That's really cool because I think a lot of people market their podcast in a different way. So it's really good to hear that this is possible, you know, that you don't have to be on social media. You don't have to, I don't know, like a way that I love to market my podcast is to do guest appearances on other podcasts and collaborate with other podcasters. And I love it, but I also know that not everyone loves this and it is super possible to just do it like you do it and get this organic traffic to your podcast and to your website. So that's really good to hear. Thank you so much for sharing that. So Tara, what is in the future? What are you working on now for the podcast? Are you doing a lot of interviews, a lot of solo episodes, anything new and exciting that you can share with us? So I actually just recorded an episode about how I've realized I've been dealing with imposter syndrome in terms of the podcast. So I've had so many guest episodes that I haven't really been doing many solo episodes. And I realized that it was kind of imposter syndrome. I've had so many amazing guests on and that kind of made me kind of fade to the background. I was like, I need to feature all these people. They're so amazing. They have all these good insights and information, but then I'm kind of losing that it's, it's my podcast. <laughs> so I've decided that moving forward, I'm going to start doing a few more solo episodes and less guest experts, but I still love connecting with guests. So I might do like a split, like two out of four for the month, but that sounds good. And super, that's so good to hear that also that I think podcasting is always you can improve and as you go, you know, like you can do a lot of interviews and then at one point maybe you're like, hmm, you know what, this is my podcast. Maybe I should do more solo episodes and then you can change it again, right? If you love doing interviews and you want to do three interviews a month and then one solo episode, you can change it again. And that's also why this is one of my favorite questions. Like what is the newest insight that you got and newest like changes that you're making? Because I think we can learn so much from that, like some improvements that we can also think about for our own podcasts. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, if you're if you're starting to feel like you're having 
just guess and you're starting to lose yourself, you might be dealing with imposter syndrome without even realizing it and kind of forcing yourself to fade to the back of your own podcast. So it's good to reevaluate. Like, I think I've only done one or two solo episodes since we came back in February. (laughs) And I'm like, I need to change this. Yeah, exactly. That's super exciting. So good also that you realize that and that you're that you're taking this new format on for the podcast. That's super exciting. Tara, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I learned a lot from you and especially that it's that it's possible, you know, you don't have to be out there on social media all the time. You can be visible in your own way. You can get organic traffic to your podcast and to your website. So I think that is so good to know that this is just this is also possible. Where can people find you and also your podcast, of course? Yeah, so everything pretty much is now on my website at theterrorread.com. My podcast is there, all my blog posts, all of my freebies and lead magnets. So if you want to join my email list, which is really the happening place right now, like that's where I'm sharing the most value and most updates. And then, of course, if you purchase anything from me, you also get to join my private Facebook group. And that's also really, that's really the only social media place I'm hanging in right now. Okay, cool. So it's all on the website. Go to tarareed.com and see how Tara can help you and also listen to the podcast. Thank you again for coming on the show. And also thank you for listening. I'll see you in the next episode. And that's it for today. You can find the full show notes, including all links, more info and timestamps at thepodcastbase.com forward slash podcast. And then there will be a new episode every Monday and Wednesday. So I hope to see you then. Hey, Podcast Babe, before you go, I want to tell you real quick about a free tool that we developed, a quiz. So if you have heard me talking about podcast monetization and all the different options that you have and you're like, okay, cool, but what's the right one for me? That is exactly what you can find out in this quiz. So if you go to thepodcastbabes.com forward slash quiz, you can answer nine questions. It will only take you five minutes. And one of the podcast monetization strategies will roll out of this quiz as the perfect strategy for you. Of course, I will also give you some tips on how to get started, some podcast episodes to listen to, specified to the outcome of your quiz. So go to the podcast babes forward slash quiz, take the quiz and start monetizing.